This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're considering what the budget means for New York's effort to combat the opioid epidemic. And our guest is Rob Kent, who served as general counsel to the state's Office of Addiction Services and Supports and now runs his own consulting firm focusing on drug policy. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks, David, for having me. It's our pleasure. So when you think about the recently adopted state budget, what is the top story or headline that emerges for you in terms of New York's campaign to address the opioid epidemic? It's great that there was a cost of living adjustment for the whole healthcare sector, including OASIS. There's some nuances in the OASIS system that make the reach of it a little bit less than some of the other systems like OMH and OPWDD. It was good to see that the opioid settlement funds were reappropriated from last year, over $200 million from last year and another $129 million this year, and that they took the advisory board's advice and allocated in the budget funds in those ways. To me, it's not necessarily a budget thing. I just hope there's more urgency in actually combining last year's funds with this year's funds to get the money out the door. Well, you mentioned the cost of living adjustment that was included in the budget, and the human services sector had been looking for something north of 8%. Governor Hochul initially proposed, I think, about a 2.5% increase. They settled on 4%. But what is the actual ramifications of that within the OASIS system? Are all the providers that operate under their purview getting this boost to help their workforce? One of the nice things that's been done last year and this year's budget is they also put a cola on the Medicaid rates that apply to Medicaid services in the OASIS system and in the other systems. And that's important because that has the, the widest reach in the OASIS system in terms of reaching all the providers, most, if not all, there's like a handful who don't provide Medicaid services. But there was also the 4% COLA on what's called OASIS state aid. And the issue there is that not every provider in the OASIS system receives state aid. So there are programs that get no state aid. There are programs that have certain facilities that get state aid and some that don't. The for-profit providers don't get OASIS funding, so they don't get the COLA. The impact is that you can have, say, for instance, a provider that has some programs that get OASIS state aid and some that don't. They're getting money in their budget for pay raises for staff in certain programs, but not in other programs. So it's a little bit unique, I think, in the OASIS system that it isn't the broad impact when you just do a COLA on state aid. So thankfully, they did do Medicaid. You know, the adequacy of the increase that's part of the conversation is leaders trying to negotiate budgets. And I'm, right. I, can't, I can't fault that. It, it ends up where it ends up. But I will tell you, the single biggest issue in the OASIS system, and it's in, in every other healthcare system, is the inability to recruit and retain people to work in the programs. Well, you mentioned the opioid settlement funds and the budget's reappropriation, essentially reauthorizing the state to spend money that they advanced previously. What is, for lack of better words, the importance of the budget in spending potentially 
billions of dollars that New York has and will receive as part of legal settlements with opioid manufacturers and distributors. Can the state only spend that money if it's authorized through the budget? And if so, are we going to have to wait another 11, 12 months before uh, we get more money flowing out the door from the settlement money? So legally, the state can't spend money without it being appropriated in a state budget. So they've taken care of that piece. They've appropriated the budget. Last year's money, which was largely unspent, combined with this year's money, authorizes now the state to put out and spend over $300 million. And and I certainly hope that given most of last year's money was not spent and therefore needed to be reappropriated or brought into this year's budget, that they combine the funds and go big. You know, one other piece I'd point out is this year's budget, they broke out the funding by the priorities identified by the Opioid Settlement Fund Advisory Board. And I think that's great, but you got to get the money out the door. And, and so like when they identified and the board did identify priorities, I want people to have access to medications for opioid use disorder. They want a number of other initiatives. I would really strongly encourage folks at the state to take the money that they may put out in a procurement, because you have to also go out and procure. You have to do a competitive process, although there is language in the budget that allows them to do accelerated procurements or requests for applications versus a full-blown request for proposals, and that can save you time. So, for instance, if they have like four priority service areas they want to be addressed with this money, instead of doing four smaller procurements, combine the money into one big procurement, put it out to the field and ask them to basically use the money to deal with the biggest issue in the field, which is to hire staff. And those staff need to be dedicated to the priority areas. So for instance, you know, medication for opioid use disorder, you need prescribers. So use the money to hire prescribers so you can increase access to medications, but it allows you to use the money to deal with the most urgent issue in the field, which is workforce. Most providers right now are not operating at their fully certified or licensed capacity because they can't hire the staff to do it and comply with the rules of the state. And so, you know, you'll expand services by addressing workforce issues. Well, finally, thinking about that issue of capacity, does the state have access to additional settlement fund dollars right now that they could have authorized to be spent in the state budget? And subsequently, does the state office of addiction services and supports have the capacity to spend more money than is currently authorized in this year's budget? You know, look, having worked at Oasis and worked with the folks in division of budget, I trust the division of budget staff. I know them. I worked with them for years. They're honest brokers. So my belief is that whatever money was available was authorized to be spent in this this year's budget. And but like I said, it's it's over three hundred million dollars. And let's get it out the door. I mean, just to give your audience some context, if you look at the latest CDC numbers, so the Federal Centers for Disease Control, 2022, calendar year 2022, there were over one hundred and nine thousand overdoses 
in the United States of America. And over 6,600 of them occurred in New York State. And that was a, an increase from 2021 to 2022, a slight increase nationally. It was a larger increase in New York because I think the number for 2021 was about 6,100. So it's another 500 who've been impacted. And so there's urgency in getting this money out the door. There's procurement relief. There's the workforce issue. I think if you marry everything up, you just do big procurements. Go big, right? New York's big. Go big. And again, the biggest issue is they have no ability to hire people. They can't compete in the marketplace. And this work is hard. The drugs on the street are absolutely lethal, and they're not getting any less lethal. Engaging people in services and keeping them alive is critical, but you got to have the staff to be able to do it. Well, we've been speaking with Rob Kent. He is the former general counsel to the State Office of Addiction Services and Supports and now runs a consulting firm focusing on drug policy. Rob, thank you so much for the time and insights. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks for having me, David. Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.